Hi, you beautiful light worker. Thanks so much for listening to the Golden Hotter Divinations podcast, where the metaphysical meets the mainstream. I'm your host, Autumn Seibel, and today on episode 308, we have Doug Vermeeren here sharing his new film, How Thoughts Become Things, which anyone familiar with the hit movie The Secret will not want to miss, as some familiar faces like Bob Proctor, John Demartini, Joe Vitale, Marie Diamond, John Asroff, Bob Doyle, and some newcomers including Travis Fox, Karen Perkins, Maria Bruni, and more unfold the mysteries of how we create our reality with our thoughts. After listening, you can find more information by heading to the show notes, where you'll find links to our website, Instagram, and YouTube channel. From there, you can access any new or full moon rituals we discuss and get more information on how to join the Lunar Manifestations co-creation tribe. Come visit us anytime at goldenotter.us. That's golden, like the precious metal, and otter, like the precious animal. Looking forward to seeing you on the next live members-only call at the new or full moon and meeting you during your private one-to-one new moon intention planting ceremony that's included in your annual membership. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Each review allows us to reach even more light workers like you, spreading light and love while raising our collective vibration. Okay, enjoy the episode. And if you have any questions about mediumship, manifestation, moons, or all things metaphysical, feel free to drop me a message. I'd love to hear from you. In gratitude, Autumn. Hi, everyone. I'm Autumn, and you're listening to Golden Otter Divinations. Thanks for joining us today as we explore where the metaphysical meets the mainstream. Join us each week as we share new, informative, and engaging interviews with medical experts, practicing mediums, intuitives, healers, and many more to help uplift, educate, and empower listeners like you to find physical and spiritual healing. So today, I'm so excited because I have Douglas Vernon here to discuss his new film, How Thoughts Become Things, where he shares what he learned from his years researching the success strategies from business leaders and companies like Nike, Reebok, Fruit of the Loom, FedEx, American Airlines, Ugg Boots, Uber, KFC, McDonald's, Disney, United Airlines, Microsoft, and others. You name it, he's interviewed them. And he's here to share their success secrets with us. So ABC Television and Fox Business refer to him as the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who was the author of the original Think and Grow Rich book. He's also the producer and director of three out of the top 10 personal development movies ever made. And now his hit film, How Thoughts Become Things, is out for us to watch. Douglas has offered three books, including in the guerrilla marketing series. He's regularly featured as an expert on Fox, CNN, ABC, NBC, CTV, and CBC, and many more. If you want to create more personal success or business success, then he's the one you need to become familiar with. His trainings are jam-packed with practical tools and strategies that will take you to the top faster than you ever thought possible. Currently, his program, Personal Power Mastery, is rated as number three in the world for the most powerful personal development seminars. But today, he's here to talk about his newest film, How Thoughts Become Things, who, if anybody is familiar with the original, you know, I guess, mindset movie of the century, (laughs) The Secret, a familiar cast, including Bob Proctor, John Demartini, Joe Vitale, Marie Diamond, John Azaroff, and Bob Doyle, along with some newcomers like Travis Fox, Karen Perkins, and Marina Bruni, unfold the mysteries of thought. So with a huge intro like that, I'm and without further ado, I'm so excited to welcome you to the show, Doug. Welcome to Golden Water Divinations. Thanks for having me. And you know, it's so funny. I got to stop doing stuff because that intro gets so long that eventually it's going <laughs> to fill up somebody's show. I feel bad about that, but we're having fun, right? That's the we key. Are. We're having fun. I watched a, I was at a thing once and um, Gary uh, Vaynerchuk was up on the stage and somebody had read his bio and he watched it. He's like, I feel like my mom wrote that. Like, who wrote my bio? My mom is like, put every Fair enough. But, it, but it's Fair good enough. because it gives us like an idea of, you know, 
why what you have to say is so valuable. So to raise our vibration, you and I were already kind of like laughing and joking before the show. We were playing Zoom tag on different calls and so we got our vibration raised. But what I like to do uh, as I start the show to really get in the flow is ask um, all of my guests if they've had any golden moments lately. So a golden me- wow. moment, moment meaning a time you were just totally in the flow, maybe an interaction you sent that was sent by spirit or otherwise otherworldly. Had any golden moments lately? Wow. You know what? I think I have those all the time. Um, and not just lately, but probably my favorite. And, and I kind of find, like, I like to ride motor, motorbike too. That's one of uh, my, my favorite things. So I kind of, as a sort of summer present to myself, I went and got a new bike lately. And so I find kind of when I'm, how does this sound? This sounds like probably the Eagle song on a lone desert highway, right? Here I am out on a highway and <laughs> And, uh, you know, I'm just, I, I just feel so like connected to the universe, if you will. Right. And, and in that moment, I had all kinds of neat things flood into my mind. So I'll be honest with you, I won't talk about here, but I've got the next idea for my next movie. I've got some other things that I'm thinking about. And it, it was just a bit surreal because you know how things just kind of flood and flow into you sometimes and you know, it's not you. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so I actually watched the movie, how thoughts become things, uh, like probably a month ago for the first time. And at first I was like, okay, yeah, this is, I mean, it's, it's such a well-produced movie. It's got, you know, the big names and some new names. And I mean, anybody like in the metaphysical realm knows these characters, know, you know, you know, Bob Proctor, you know, sure. you know, all the big names, Marie Diamond. And, um, but it was nice to see some new folks and it's just such a well-produced movie, but sometimes like metaphysical movies and like new thought movies can almost like lull you into just like this, like, ah, okay, cool. But then not necessarily take action on it. It's more like a passive receiving of information. So I sat with the movie for about a month and then I just rewatched it three times back to back. And I was taking notes, getting ready for the interview to have some things to talk about. But I was like, you know what, the entire purpose of this of this, of this movie is talking about how we connect our thoughts with a feeling and then we manifest. And so I decided to right before this call to um, do some manifesting. And I spent like three hours on Zillow just to get in like a really good vibe. It's like cool. my, I don't do social media anymore. I like just look on Zillow for future homes that we're going to purchase and found this property in Sedona. It's like 75 acres. I showed my husband as soon as he got home. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, we have no plans to move to the desert. Well, we do, but like, not immediate plans, but we know that it's coming and stuff. Anyways, if you guys are like in a space where you're like, I just need to be a passive recipient of some information that's going to shake my worldview and that you can sit with for a minute, definitely check out the movie and then let it sit with you and take action. That's my advice for the movie. Yeah. One of the things that we tried to do, because I agree with you, so many of the films are just kind of like passive entertainment and people watch it and they're like, oh, but right now, there's actually um, a workbook that you can uh, get. It's free. The workbook is free. You just download it, but it allows you to guide yourself through the film. One of the things that I kind of found, like, not only as I interviewed the 400 Achievers, but as we prepared this film, is that really, I, I don't want people to just, you know, think happy thoughts. That's not the goal of this mission, right? I want people to really start to manifest the realities that they want, but also to understand how they will arrive, not only from a metaphysical point of view, but even from a psychology point of view and how really the science behind it works, because there is a lot of science that backs up now the power of our thoughts. So please use the workbook is what I'm trying to say. And uh, you'll see that if if you do the two in conjunction with each other, they really shouldn't stand apart. But if you do the two together, you'll see some really interesting things happen for you. I'm going to have to go back and get the, get the, uh, 
get the workbook. I didn't know there we, was one. You know, I saw it on the we've added all kinds of bonuses along the way. Some people don't see those, but the film is one aspect and, and there's a lot of free bonuses there. And then there's obviously the ability to upgrade if you want to go more in depth. But the thing that I also like even beyond the film is we've included a series of interviews from many of those top speakers that go deeper into the content that, you know, maybe some people are, how should we say, a little bit more mature maybe in this learning that they're ready to go deeper. And so that's there. And then some of the other bonuses, actually, I um, have included some modules that go very, very deep into thought and also perception. We don't talk about that very often either, right? That was a really cool part. I plan on talking about it later in the interview um, where they actually talk about like the neuroscience behind our percept, like reality. So just yeah. because we, we believe something to be our reality doesn't actually mean that that's what it is. It's just our perception. And interestingly enough, um, there's this thing called the Yale Cope Project. Are you familiar mm -hmm. at, all, at all with this? And that, so they're actually studying the way, so I'm a medium, I'm a practicing medium. And it's something I never shared for so long. I grew up in the medical model. My mom's an internist and we always try to find a way to like medicalize what was going on. And it was always this <laughs> medical approach. Long story short, it's not until we got into metaphysics and it was like, we've, we, you have to we have to open and broaden our worldview because my mom refused to let me be like a statistic basically and be medicalized. Mm. Point of the story is the Yale Cope Project is really looking into how our perception, like how our reality is shaped by our perception and how we can all perceive different things and that doesn't make one person crazy or delusional yeah. or anything. I'm going off into, into a tangent, so I want to talk about the film. What made you make this film? Wow, well, that's, that's a great question. <laughs> These films are always quite an endeavor and every one of them is a different mission, I'll tell you, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, with this particular film, a lot of the elements that, uh, if, if you were to really do some serious research on this movie, you'd notice that, um, I actually have been working on it since about 2010. So this is probably the longest movie that it's taken me to put together. And there's, there, you know, obviously a number of factors came into play, but one of the things that we, you know, I guess the biggest factors, I wanted to get it right. I wanted to make sure that not only did I have the right cast involved, but we answered the right questions. And it wasn't just a matter of dealing with, uh, how, how do we kind of see this? I, I didn't want it to be basic. I wanted people who had uh, a grounding already, an experience already with this material to be able to go deeper. But I also needed to have it so people who hadn't yet experienced this keep up with us, right? That they could kind of find out where we're going. And at the same time, I also wanted to make sure that I had enough uh, science and, and backing behind things like how we're programmed and, um, mm -hmm. and, and really, uh, you know, how to overcome fear and negative thinking and to be able to really, um, how should we say, stabilize thought around what we do want to manifest. And then there's also the question of how do we overcome negative thinking? And the truth is, is, you know, when you see the film, you'll, you'll discover that negative thinking actually is not as detrimental as what most people generally are thinking. It, you don't have to be pristine, perfect, positive, you know, and all that kind of stuff that there is actually a stronger way to do it. And it's okay to be human right? Because <laughs> we, yeah. we all have off days, right? So um, yeah. It, yeah, it was just, it, it was wonderful to put it together. And, you know, I'm excited it's here now. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's, to me, it's funny because people think you, you built a movie and then you can just kind of step away. But no, you can't. It's almost like you got one of your kids, right? So now they're born. What do you do with him now? <laughs> right? Now we've got to help him cope in the world. We've got to get him out there and help him build some friends. We've got to, right? Like there's so many things that we now have to do with this movie to ensure that it, it gets into the, into the hands of those that need the message. And the other thing was interesting. We think about how the universe really shapes things. We had no idea that COVID was coming. Yet this film, um, not only has it really enriched the lives of those that are um, struggling right now, but man, I've had some incredible letters from people. In fact, my favorite one 
so far is there was an 11 year old boy that wrote to me and he said, 11, I want to remind people, 11. And he mm -hmm. wrote to me and he said, you know what? I mean, there's so many things that I'm afraid of right now. At school, I've been afraid of bullies. Uh, you know, I've been afraid of, you know, my marks at school. I've been afraid of what my future looks like because I'm not very good in school. And now this COVID thing, and I see all the adults in my life are also afraid. And he said that, you know, for me, this conversation, nobody's had a conversation with kids about what's going on with COVID. So here I am just observing those that I, I look at as my support mechanism and they're terrified. What do I do? And he says, and then yeah. I watched the film and I began to understand more what fear is and how I can deal with it. And I feel much better. And that was one of the coolest letters that I think I've ever gotten. So yeah, it's, it's That's neat, right? Awesome. It's pretty neat. You know, I'm, I'm really glad that you actually mentioned kids and uh, so we live in rural Africa right now and we kind of are in a bubble uh, we could you know our kids our kids kind of know that COVID's going on but it's like a it's like Voldemort we never say it yeah. in the house and they don't really <laughs> know and then they like yeah they heard somebody say it they're like mom that person said COVID I'm like yeah it's, it's okay it's not a dirty word I mean, well kind of is because it's a virus but I was like <laughs> but we really minimize the impact of our kids so like they don't really know what's going on but I used to teach high school social studies for over a decade and I do curriculum development um or I did for a while and I do think it's so important that students and children and young adults are introduced to this way of thinking early on. And before we started the interview, I actually was saying, gosh, has it really been 14 years since the movie The Secret came out? Because I remember reading the book in my like childhood bedroom as a teenager and then going off to college. And it was the same thing that you're talking about. It's like, well, when you see the adults in your life or the, you know, the figures around you, maybe don't have all the answers, you're like, well, I'm going to need some answers because I'm, I'm getting ready to go out in the real world. Like, I'm excited for this adventure, but I'm going to need some tools in my tool belt. And The Secret and, and like, oh gosh, what was some of the other movies that I watched early on that really had a big impact were What the Bleep Do We Know mm -hmm. and Chariots of the Gods. And yep. this feels like a 2020 version of that that's been updated uh, to talk about things like social media. There's, mm -hmm. um, you guys have a, a pretty good discussion in there about social media and the impact, yep. the impact of like, what we're consuming. I really love the part that you talk about with negative or toxic people. The current idea in like positive thought and metaphysics is like, cut it out, it's a virus and just step away from it. But really you say that high achievers and the folks that you've interviewed actually lean into that discomfort. Yeah, to, you can't run from um, problems. We have to expand yes. who we are before we can expand what we have. And expanding who we are means that we embrace things that sometimes are not comfortable. And the, the one thing that I really love about that idea, and, and again, I encourage people to go see the film so you can understand more about toxic people. We talk about yeah. two kinds, you know, the complainer and the critic. The complainer we can't do anything about, but we, until we have clarity of who we are and what we want, we end up absorbing them, right? So we've got to have clarity ourselves to build a boundary. But I like this idea of the critic and understanding that really they're someone who has good intentions. They're just not good communicators. They come with facts. They come with helpful suggestions. They come with lessons. And I think back to kind of when I was a teenager, I didn't like critics. You know, somebody said, don't hang out with those kids. I took it personally, right? Ah, right. But I recognize that they were just trying to help me. And there's so many things in life that we limit ourselves because we aren't teachable and we let our ego dictate that someone's toxic rather than they might have something that could help us. And it's so important that we recognize from a perspective of that we all have, how should we say, things that we're trying to do right? We're, we all have missions that we're on. And sometimes those outside us, what do we say? If you're in the frame, you can't see the picture. That sometimes we ourselves, we're in a position where we can't really see what's going on around us. And it's those, like as I studied 400 of the world's top achievers, it's those who are really, how should we say, curious, 
they're wanting to listen and understand and know and their ego they understand that you can be right or you can be rich and i don't mean always in terms of money but i mean with everything in your life and the minute that we choose to say i'm right i'm always right is the minute that we cut off all kinds of other possibilities it's funny i was meeting the other day with a friend of mine he's a <laughs> he's a 75 year old man he's worth about 800 million dollars we meet every week for lunch and he said to me that when someone believes a lie or believes like believes something they're technically believing a lie. Because when you believe something is only one way, you've cut off all other possibilities. And if you use, again, this idea of money, um, like how many ways are there to make a million dollars? Well, there's a bazillion ways to make a million dollars. There's no right answer. And it's the same for you in your life to get to a certain outcome. There's multiple ways that you could arrive. But the minute that you say there's only one, you're now believing a lie and you're also disempowering yourself because you've cut off all the other possibilities. So I think we've got to be really open to sometimes receiving criticism and having, how should we say, a diminished ego enough to be taught, to be enlightened, mm -hmm. right? Ego is one of the most damaging things that we can carry because it keeps us from receiving more, right? It's like with a cup, you heard the analogy of here's my cup and basically putting your hand over it saying, don't fill me up. Don't give me anything. My ego is good enough. I am good how I am. And that just mm -hmm. destroys all possibility for growth and progress. Very cool. So speak is every time you say something, I'm like, that's also a video. That's why it's such a great, this is such an encompassing movie. Definitely have to watch it. You talk about, you know, the value of your tribe and maybe value is not the right, right word, but it's like the people that we surround ourselves with and, and the way that they perceive the world impacts how we see the world. And, I actually uh, love that you use the word value and that is the right word. If you think yeah. about it, pe people, let, let me maybe deconstruct a phrase here that everybody leans on. They say our network equals our net worth, right? Let's take the word mm -hmm. net worth. Net worth doesn't mean just money. It can mean, and most people think it does. But if we take net and worth, well, we've got the word worth. So mm -hmm. what's that part of? Well, worthy, worthiness, values, the things that we find important, what's worthwhile, right? And your network actually does have a certain set of values. You know, those that you hang around with, those that you spend time with, they have a, a set of things that they deem worthy. And if yeah. we kind of hang out with a group that, well, let's put it this way, we hang around with a group that doesn't really have a high set of values, that they're willing to kind of do anything, their standards are very, very low and everything else. Well, you're not gonna be happy in that group if your standards are high. You're gonna always feel like you're hanging around with subpar type mentality. Now, again, I'm not saying we eliminate those people because they're not toxic. They just don't have a similar set of values to us. Mm -hmm. And so we really do need to add people to our life that do have similar values because that's where we're gonna find our feelings of validation, our feelings of belonging, our feelings of worthiness, our feelings of contribution, collaboration, all of these things, right? But uh, I think for most people, they really don't know what they want. So therefore they settle for whatever comes along. You gotta be careful. Yeah. So interesting. I never really consider myself a high achiever because I feel like there's, like you said, we all come with a mission and I feel like I know what my mission is and I feel so far from even being close to completing it. I know I've, mm -hmm. I've achieved some of the things that I was meant to do in this physical lifetime. But I personally wouldn't consider myself a high achiever because I wouldn't say, well, this and this and but, this are but my biggest Let's pause for a minute because I know something about you. <laughs> you and I were talking before the show. You've been married 13 years. You've got kids. You've got family that you love and that you value. You know what's interesting? In our last movie, The, the Treasure Map, we talked about abundance and wealth. And mm -hmm. John Martini made a really cool comment. John's one of my best friends, so I always love hanging with him. And if you notice, he's in every one of my movies. It's funny. Yeah. Um, but he said something. He said that everyone is wealthy. It just appears in the form that they value most. 
And that's really profound if you think about it, because a lot of us think that, you know, we're looking for external validation. We're looking like you said in the film, social media to tell us what to do. We often base mm -hmm. our success on how many likes and subscribes and followers and all these things, like the attention that we get in these settings. But the truth of the matter is, is the things that really matter most to us are found differently. In fact, let me maybe express it also this way. You've heard the saying that says happiness is a choice, right? Yeah, yeah. Half true, half true. Let me explain what I mean. So I do a lot of speaking around the world and recently before the virus, I was speaking at a maximum security prison in North Carolina. Now, as you can imagine, there's lots of people in there that made choices. And at the time yeah. they thought they were making the right choice, right? Is happiness yeah. a choice? Well, partially true because their choices did not lead to a place of freedom or happiness. In fact, many people are in pain because of their actions, right? not just the victims, but even their own families, right? So what is happiness? Here's the definition. Happiness is a choice, but also being pleased with the consequences that arrive from those choices. And the consequences should always expand you and give you the ability to make future choices and also peace of conscience. And so when you have happiness and, or choice and consequence together that serve you together, you can then find happiness. And I think this is a thing that a lot of people struggle with is because many of them base their choices day to day on immediate gratification. I'm going to go to the mall. I'm going to buy the new shoes or the t-shirt. I'm going to go see the movie. I'm going to go hang out with my friends. I'm going to party over the weekend. I'm going to do this. But they don't have a long-term vision. And success is always based on the consequences, not just the initial choice. So until we really understand that immediate gratification the return on that is nothing. Like the return on that is always frivolous. Um, you might get lucky from time to time, but the majority of the time, never really uh, a great outcome. But if we understand with clarity what our purpose is, what do we say that a goal that is specific and clear becomes attainable and near? And when we see with the long-term clarity of what we really want to achieve, then we can be happy. I love what Stephen Covey said. One of my favorite books of all time is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I think it's just brilliant. And he says that some people climb the ladder of success only to find that they're leaning against the wrong wall. That's a tragedy in my opinion, that we really need to understand that our success is a combination of two things. And when you talk about being a high achiever, I guarantee that you've thought about these. One of them is a clarity of purpose. So what am I doing? What would I like to do? What would I mm -hmm. be pleased with as a result? But secondly is actually the feelings about it. You see, there's a lot of people that create things that the outcome is kind of cool and kind of neat, but they don't feel mm -hmm. good about it, right? And although we talk about the 400 top achievers that I interviewed, the truth is I've interviewed close to 700 people, but only 400 of them did I find really understood that consequence is an important part, the legacy that they leave, the, the, the real big picture that they create, not just the quick money that they make or the quick gold medal that they win or whatever it is, the Academy Award, or you, know, you fill in the blank. That's not really going to be fulfilling. But if those sort of highlights, if you will, along the way, lead to the greater destiny, the greater outcome of who they are, that's when they're going to truly find happiness. And so I would say that you are a high achiever. And in fact, I would say, and, and, and it's interesting because, you know, maybe I'm just pro women big time, but hey, if it wasn't for <laughs> no, my we... mom, if it wasn't for my mom, I wouldn't be here, right? And so I look at what are the greatest success stories that are out there? And I think, first of all, you have to say it's, it's a mother who's able to raise children that are confident in themselves, that have you know, the ability to, to, to seek after the dreams, that they believe in themselves, that they know they can be something. If you've done just that one thing alone, you're among the highest success stories that are out there, in my opinion.
Thank you. Well, it's interesting that you, I mean, all of those things, yes, taken together. And I think the thing that I've never really focused on is that like, you know, we are, we are who we surround ourselves with. And mm. sometimes we can get so determined in like this pursuit of a goal. And I've never been great at marketing or networking or doing any of those things. I just sort of show up as my authentic self and the people who are attracted to an authentic person tend to show up around me. Um, and then I, and I'm very attracted to people who are really authentic. And you talk about this in the movie, how if somebody is saying something, or maybe one of the speakers, mm -hmm. if somebody is saying something, but it's not in vibration with who they really truly are, you can feel that before, you know, yeah, before you even interpret what their words. Yeah, you can feel that incongruency. And I've noticed that in my life that like I am, I, while I may not consider myself a high achiever, I am surrounded by so many high achievers. And it's not even that they're high achievers in the sense that they are seeking to be the most well-paid or climb the top of these ladders that they're at. It's that they're seeking to do the most good in the world. And like, we live in rural Africa and literally everyone that I am in um, co-creation with on a daily basis, their literal jobs in this world are to like make the world a better place by, you know, making sure people have their basic needs met and their safety is met and their um, ability to vote in a democratic process is ensured and all these like things. And so I think that's a really important message that I even, I need to take this medicine myself. It's stop and look at what, where I am in my own bubble and the impact that's being made. And it may not look like what we've been kind of conditioned or programmed by society for it to look like, but it yeah. is something really valuable. And that's so, actually so something you, I, you said something really cool there that maybe is worth <laughs> highlighting. You use the word co-create. And I think, you know, one big challenge that a lot of people have when it comes to creating success or even creating the outcomes that they want is they think that saying, it, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And that's totally the biggest lie that we've ever been told. Um, the truth is, is all major accomplishments, all great and grand things have always been done by a team. Neil Armstrong didn't get to the moon by himself. Sir Edmund Hillary didn't climb Mount Everest by himself. It was always a team. And it kind of reminds me of an experience that I had that was really kind of funny. You're going to laugh when you hear this. So when I was about 19, I wanted to do my first business, right? And uh, so at the time I was meeting all these top achievers, multimillionaires and billionaires and so forth. So I'm looking for help, right? I'm going to see how I can build my big business. So there was this gentleman that I met with. He was worth about $300 million. And I sat with him for lunch and I said, um, I'm going to start a new business. So I said, uh, what should I do about this? Um, how should I get my marketing? How should I find customers? Where should I go to make this happen? What would you, what would I do to create this? And I'm asking all, all these questions how should I and what should I and all these things. And he stops me and he goes, I'll get this. Remember, I think I'm going to conquer the world, right? He says, I can tell you're going to be creating a very small company. And I said, what? <laughs> That's like not the nicest thing I've ever heard. I go, what do you mean? I'm going to like, this is going to be a big deal. He goes, oh no, this is going to be a small company. And I, I thought that is like the most offensive, crazy thing I've ever heard. So I got curious. I didn't let my ego get in the way. I said, what do you mean by that? Why am I going to be building a small company? He goes, well, I can tell you you're going to be building a small company because you're asking selfish questions. I said, well, what is that? He goes, so far you've asked me, what do I need to do? How am I going to do this? How can I find this? How can I get the customers? How can I, 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 I? He says, that's a small company. He says, if you want to build something big, shift your questions to ask stuff like this. Who will help me? Who knows the answers to this? Who can help yeah. me find my customers? Who can help me distribute? Who can help me market? Who can help? And he then pointed out that every great and grand thing is a matter of collaboration, that, that nothing 
big was ever built by an individual. Even when you see a guy like getting the Olympic gold medal, he's got coaches, nutritionists, trainers, all co-team people, like teammates and all this stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. Somebody wins an Academy Award. He didn't film the movie by himself. There's a guy running the camera, another guy running the lights, another guy who wrote the story and do doing the makeup and the costumes and blah, blah, blah. So we've got to really understand that our society has kind of fooled us into thinking mm -hmm. that it's up to us. Again, if it's up to, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And that's totally a big, big lie. It's totally not true. You need to understand where can I get help? And this idea of your net work, take that word net and just remember that it really is not really about the money. It's about a safety net. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's a safety net. And the, the better the relationships that you learn how to build, the, the more connections that you have at higher levels, the stronger the problems are that you can solve. You can solve bigger problems and in better ways. And so I, I like right now, there's a lot of gurus online that are saying, I can teach you the highest value skill. And then they talk to you about sales. That's kind of the secondary skills. It's not the highest value skill. The highest value skill is to build and maintain effective relationships. That's the number one skill. If you can learn how to do that effectively, there's nothing you can't do because it's not, how do they say, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And, you know, I, I've seen so many of my own students that I teach that as soon as they figure out that it's all about relationships and connections, that, um, you know, you don't have to have all the answers. In fact, you don't step out of your comfort zone. Don't step out of your comfort zone. Step into your brilliant zone. What are you really good at? What are you really passionate about? What are the gifts that you have and the talents that you have? And then find people to go outside of the comfort zone, right? Like I don't build my own websites. Even this movie, I'm yeah. glad you, you brought it up that you love the, the movie, but I didn't do a lot of the work behind it right? I didn't do the editing. I've got a really great editor. Of course, I share yeah. my opinion, but that's his skill set. And I let him do what he does and I get out of his way. There's things I'm good at. There's things you're good at. That's where we need to put our focus, yeah. right? Mastery equals monopoly. Mastery equals monopoly. This is all good advice. I'm sitting here listening because we are actually, so I've never really shared that my company is a social purpose business. 10% of all mm. of our proceeds have always gone towards supporting community building efforts. Um, here in Malawi, I, had, I fund women entrepreneurs like through micro grants. I used to call them micro loans when somebody goes, well, what's your interest rate and how long do they have to pay back? I go, oh no, I just give it to them in small amounts over a certain uh, amount of time. And then the, they were, no, that's a grant, not a loan. I was like, okay, so clearly that's, cool. that's <laughs> like, cool. That's really you know, cool. That's not my thing. Yeah. But so now we are getting ready to build a, a preschool in a, in a local wow. village and the community, yeah. And the community has raised 9,000 and they're looking for a $7,000 map. And this is the first time that I've actually needed a little bit of buy-in from my own community, my own listeners. Mm. And at the end, I'll mention our be the change pledge um, for anybody who's interested. But like, this is something that I'm now, I'm now entering into this energy of like, I used to be like, I'll just do it by myself. I know how to get this done and, and I'll just make it happen. And now once, once we start to like accept that we, our thoughts become things and we can create whatever we'd like, there is a certain ego that you have to set aside and say like, I do need other, I do need help. And I, and I'm open to that help and that assistance and that teamwork and those connections mm. coming to me rather than me having to like, you know, work hard. And I know it's going to come together. I know it's going to be perfect. And I'm so excited for this school. Um, I'm more excited just for the community to have this school for the children. But I think you're so right. It's about shutting well, down the ego. Let's, let's chat offline about how we can help you. Let's chat offline yeah, I would about love how to. we can help you. Absolutely. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So back to the movie. See, it's like, I don't even share that stuff. I'm like very private about those things. And then people are like, Autumn, you're doing good in the world. I'm like, yeah, but that's not the point. Or is it? I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I, I think it's important to share because not only like, as long as you're not doing it for, hey, look at me, look at all the great stuff that I'm doing, right? 
that's the wrong approach. But if you're doing it in the sense that you're doing good, I think you should share it because there's people that are going to resonate with that and then they'll join you on that mission. They'll join yeah. you, right? And they'll say yeah. that that's a really cool thing. And I, I think it is cool what you're doing. So like I said, chat with me after. I got some ideas for you. I will, I will. Okay, nice. cool. Okay, so back to the movie. So let's talk a little bit about how it differs from The Secret and then um, how does the, I mean, we've talked a little bit about this, but how does the law of attraction work in regards to thought? Can you tackle okay. those two? Well, yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot of ways that it's different than The Secret and the other movies that have come out. Like, I think the one thing about, you know, The Secret and I think the other movies, and even this movie, is they're, they're really intended to be the beginning of a conversation, right? <laughs> we can't really share everything that uh, we'd like to share in, you know, one film because it's just the, the, the concept and also the individual application is just too large for that. So I think that that's one of the biggest differences. And one of the things that I, I do love about The Secret, here's a funny story just to kind of tell you too. When I first started interviewing the top achievers, like my background is in film and TV. Okay. So funny enough, I used to do stunt work in TV. I also, as a kid was involved in extras and, you know, and, and I've written scripts and all that. So I've always loved movies. So when I was interviewing the 400 of the world's top achievers, I actually approached a distributor and I said, I've got an idea for a movie. I'd like to show you behind the scenes of how some of these amazing people, you know, work, right? Like the success of it. And they said, well, you know what, if we took it to somebody like Blockbuster, we wouldn't know where to put it. Would you put it in the how-to videos or is it a documentary? Or they didn't know where it fit. So they said, run along. So I was like, mm -hmm. ah, because this would be such a good idea. Well, all of a sudden then, first of all, uh, what the bleep do we know came out and then the mm -hmm. secret right behind it. And all of a sudden, everyone was interested in this kind of stuff. That's when my phone went off the hook, right? <laughs> all of a sudden, people were like, would you still like to do your movie? And I was like, oh my gosh, of course I would. So we did my first movie in 2008. I think some of the big changes since The Secret came out in 2006, we came out in 2008. There's been a couple of our other movies. I think we did one in 2013, one in 2015. And there's been other movies too that have come out. But I think some of the biggest changes, you know, obviously I could talk to the technical part of things. I think our, our movies are much prettier to look at now. And the way that we can do things, it's, it's just more slick, right? More cool. We can mm -hmm. teach in better ways. But I also think that people are, how should we say, more awakened to the conversation. They're ready to, to kind of see that they have more control over their destiny and who they want to be. I think that um, it's been something where in the past, people have looked at it with a very narrow, new age kind of point of view, thinking yeah. that this is yeah. really weird you know, woo-woo yeah. stuff that nobody <laughs> knows. You know, it, it's interesting, and, and I don't mean any disrespect to to some of the people that sent me emails. But when we did our first movie, it was still very, the world was very woo woo. And I had some nasty emails from people that I thought cared about me, people from different church groups and stuff that told me I was going to hell and all this kind of, it was oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 I'm sure you've you seen that. that, but, but, but the, I, I, the strange, I, I yeah, well, why not? Right. Hell's going to be an Whatever. interesting place. Right. But um, <laughs> like, come swim with me in the woo waters, you guys. <laughs> the water is fine. And yeah, I'm not drowning. And, and you know and the thing no that I, I, I get it. And, and you know what? I didn't come yeah. from the woo-woo background. I came from interviewing top business leaders and top celebrities yeah. and top athletes. Some of them had some of that, but it wasn't as common as it is now. And the thing that I found very interesting, because I came from one foot in that world, and now I kind of see, you know, the metaphysical world as well. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot more truth that overlaps than mm -hmm. most people will recognize and realize. And I think when people have an open mind to see things how they really are, They'd be surprised mm -hmm. what they actually already believe. They just give mm -hmm. it a different label, right? Like they, they've given it different words for something that they totally agree with. 
and there, there's much more in common and, uh, and so forth. So I don't know. I mean, I think what we've tried to do is, you know, with this movie is we've tried to present it in a way that is uh, accessible for everybody. We're presenting things that we believe to be the reality and we've got a lot of science to back it up. And uh, at the same token, I think that um, there's certain things that science, science can't measure, right? So we've also got to understand that there's, there's principles that we don't understand. Like, and I don't know, I think science is sometimes, I, I'm not meaning to like start a big can of worms here, but I think we've got to be careful how much credence we also give to science. Because at one time we thought the earth was flat. At one mm -hmm. time we thought, you know, I mean, just fill in the blank. There's a million and one things right. that we never got right. But as we, you know, we evolve and become more enlightened, there's some very startling things. And I think that sometimes there's, uh, there's laws in operation that we just have not had enough exposure to to understand at this point. And so rather than discount it and throw it away and say it can't be true, it's all a bunch of whatever, um, I think back to this idea of our ego holding us back, you know, we need to understand and be teachable so that when these things appear, we don't dismiss them immediately. And I'm not saying that we accept everything at face value. What I am saying is that we'd be much more cautious to be curious before we condemn. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Here's my second guest who's um, discussed this idea of like, yeah, science is great, but we can't trust everything in science because it's an imp it's it's imperfect, just like anything. I, I had a guest on uh, in season one, Dean Radin. He's a noetic scientist, and he talks about our fundamental understanding of like um, of science is flawed because consciousness is at the very top. And if we yeah. inverted that and have had consciousness at the bottom of our understanding of how the world works and how we approach things we would be a lot more mindful and things like how thoughts become things, the movie, like yeah. we wouldn't, it wouldn't be approached with any kind of skepticism because this underlying idea that like our thought leads to our concrete reality because there's a unified feel. And um, I don't know, I just think like a hundred years from now, people will watch your movie and be like, duh, but then they'll watch the thing. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Like, <laughs> duh. But then they'll just like Copernicus, stuff. like he discovered something here, right? You never know, right? <laughs> I don't know. What will be even crazier I'm not is that when smart. we, no, you are. When we're watching, like a hundred years from now, if we're watching things like Thoughts Become Things, and then maybe whatever is like currently on our Netflix, Netflix queue, we'll be horrified. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe yeah. we were taking in that stuff. I mean, even if you look at stuff from like 20 years ago, the, you know, the language that they use, the anti, oh, yeah. you know, the, um, machismo like the i mean just the stuff that you see and you're just like well e oh even if we look at what's going on in the world today even the racism that was considered yeah. acceptable right exactly. so here's the deal and by the way when i say i don't consider myself smart what i do consider myself is a messenger because i i'm not inventing anything i didn't come up with any of these ideas i've observed them i've recorded them i've asked the questions to draw them out we package them in a way that we want to share them with the world but you know this isn't my creation right? I don't own this. And, you know, it's kind of funny because I've also gotten a lot of mail lately from two specific people I'm thinking of anyways, who basically said, this idea of how thoughts become things, how come you don't have so-and-so in your film? And, you know, did you take this idea from, and they specifically uh, mentioned Jerry and Esther Hicks and all this stuff. And I'm yeah. like, I, I honor what those guys have done. I think like I've, I've got nothing but respect for the work that they're trying to do. But the truth is, is they didn't invent this either. And to tell either me or them or someone else that they own these ideas, it's like saying the law of gravity. Why are you talking about that? Don't you know that that was invented by someone else? Well, the truth is, is no, it wasn't invented by anyone. It has always existed and it always will exist. It's just that certain people have had those conversations. And I honor the people having those conversations, right? They have no ownership of those laws or principles mm -hmm. and neither do I. 
right? We're, we're all stewards of our own life and how we apply them to the principles, right? And if I choose to jump off a building, well, it just demonstrates that I use gravity in a way different than people who are choosing to be more safe, right? And so <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not going to recommend that, by the way. Uh, don't go try that yeah, today to, to prove a point. <laughs> but the truth is, 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 is laws aren't owned by anyone. And even you, anyone, even your listeners here, the, the point that I'm trying to make is everything that you want to apply, everything that you want to learn about these laws is available to you. There's no uh, limit or, or no boundaries towards what you're able to understand or grow into. So be confident of, your, of yourself yeah. enough to pursue that. You said two really interesting things, um, conversation and messenger. And I, t I couldn't yeah. agree more that anybody who's in new thought or in this realm who tries to like keep a hold on their thing and they, they're like, this is mine and it's proprietary and, and hold, 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 hold. <laughs> it never takes root. And it's like, it just kind of shrivels up well, because it lacks. Here's something else too that's really funny. Did you know that abundance cannot exist in the same place where you've got one foot in scarcity and one foot in abundance? You have to be all yeah. in. If you want to yeah. have full abundance, you can't have one foot and say, oh, this is mine and I'm scarce. And then, the, you know, the competition, the jealousy, the comparison, the criticism, any of these things. Because here's the thing that's interesting is ever since the Big Bang, the universe has been expanding, right? And if you want to expand what you have, you must expand who you are. And if you mm -hmm. decide that you will contract and fight against the universe, you're operating against the whole system, right? So let's look at it this way. The universe is an echo chamber. If you show up with scarcity, jealousy, hate, uh, comparison, or criticism, or racism, or any of these isms, mm -hmm. uh, you know, even homophobia and all these things, if you show up with any of that, you're actually in a state of contraction. You're mm -hmm. thinking in a diminished way. But if we show up with confidence, with boldness, with excitement, with enthusiasm, with power, with brilliance, with boldness, with belief in ourselves, we're in a state of expansion. And the universe will also lead us in that direction. It will open the doors in that direction. And so I think it's really important that if you are considering yourself a thought leader, that's why if you look at the book, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles, he said, whatever may be said in praise of poverty, the fact remains a person is not truly successful until they are rich. Now he is speaking primarily about money, but that richness is actually everything. So if you're also a thought leader or a teacher and you're saying, well, I don't really care about money, then you're a liar. Right. If you say, I don't care about, you know, uh, having the wealth and riches of the world, then you're also a liar. Because the truth is, is you need to always be looking in a form of expansion. Socrates mm -hmm. said it this way. Socrates said we are teleological beings. And that means that we are happiest when we are making progress, not when we've mm -hmm. arrived. And even not when we've received a certain amount of money, but when we're in a form of expansion and expansion in all things, whether it's relationships, abundance, health connection to spirituality, connection to ourself, to you fill in the blank. All of those things must be an expansion for you to be truly fulfilled. And I think most people, um, they have a narrow view of that. And they think that humble and poverty represent spirituality, but it's the opposite, right? Yeah. They hold themselves back. I used to kind of hide that I was, um, like I started my own company for financial abundance, but I mean, mainly just to like kind of come out of the spiritual closet and start normalizing conversations about metaphysics and mediumship and the woo and just to normalize it and to help destigmatize de like mental health mm -hmm. labeling that can happen with that. And then along the way, my mission has become bigger and like becoming financially abundant has become such a big part of my company because the more I have, the more I can give, the more I can do, yeah. the more I can build, the more I can share. And, um, you know, anyways, I just think that there is definitely something to that. And like this vow of poverty, like I revoke any vow of poverty that I have ever 
taken in a past life or in this life or any life because I've got a road ahead that is well about poverty is simply saying about poverty is simply saying I'm okay thinking small I'm okay being small Mm -hmm. I'm okay being little and that's not right so speaking of um how folks can change their thoughts where can we go to see this movie I have HowThoughtsBecomeThings.com in my show notes. Perfect. Is there anywhere else we should? Yeah, we, we've quick. tried. We've tried to make it easy. So there you have the name. How Thoughts Become <laughs> Things. Just add .com and you'll be there. And uh, you know, one of the biggest things that I think is interesting, which we didn't get into, and I know we're almost out of time, but you notice how thoughts and things are all written at the same. There's a hidden key on here, and that's that word become. And most people mm-hmm. don't really think about it. That's why we put it smaller so that it stands out. It's the overlooked thing. And this whole idea of thoughts becoming things is really about the change. What are you going to become? That's the big question. What are you going to become? Because if we'd like to get on the vibrational frequency of something new, we must become Mm -hmm. something new. If we want to accept something new into our life, if we always do what we've always done, we always get what we've always got. We've heard that. So what will you become? And I think that's the big challenge that I'd like to leave with your listeners is become something different, bigger, better, expanded. Trust your inner brilliance. Trust who you are and become it. Seek it and it will, it will happen for you. Oh my gosh. I just felt that in my, in my, my solar plexus, my sacral chakra. So I hope you guys are feeling it too. As you're saying, like what we become, I'm like, oh my gosh, so much. Oh, that's that's big. Like, whoa. Yeah. (laughs) And and don't fight it. Don't fight whatever it is you're destined to become. And, And because sometimes we look at this big thing and we say, there's no way I can do that. Just remember what I said. You don't have to do it alone. It's not up to you by yourself right? Not up to you by yourself. Level up, get a good group around you, a team supreme, the dream team, right? Yeah. Perfect. All right. So we'll end this with um, a quote that's at the very end of your movie. It says, your beliefs become your thoughts, your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, your habits become your values, and your values become your destiny. And I definitely think you guys should all check out the movie because It'll, it's just really great. And uh, it's going to, it's going to call, you're going to be up leveled. Like it's a call to act. There is a call to action to up level. So after you've watched it, you can't just go back to your usual Netflix binge. You'll be called to spend three hours on Zillow looking for $5 million properties in Sedona (laughs) (laughs) or other things or buildings or building preschools in rural Africa, whatever your thing is, you'll be called to it. So um, thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to follow Golden Hour Divinations on Instagram where you can check it with me and let me know about your golden moments so Spirit and I can cheer you on. And if you'd like to contact me or join my monthly manifesting membership, Lunar Manifestations, you can visit us at the Join Now page at goldenotter.us. That's golden like the precious metal and otter like the precious animal. Please take a minute to sign up for some inbox gold to stay up to date on all things golden otter. Uh, also, we're excited, like I mentioned earlier, to share our Be the Change financial pledge with 10 to 50% of the proceeds from all members' plans um, sold going directly to supporting community building efforts in rural Africa aimed at addressing global inequalities so that you can be the change that you wish to see in the world through your purchasing power. To learn more, click the Be the Change link in our show notes. All right, I want to thank my guest today, Douglas Furman, for sharing our how thoughts become things and how we can connect our emotions to thoughts to magnetize the lives we want. And I want to thank you all for tuning into Golden Otter Divinations. I had an amazing time sharing this sacred co-creation space with you. Uh, have a great week, and I'll see you positive vibes back here next time. Bye. Thank you, Doug. Thank you. All right, Lightworker, thank you so much for tuning into Golden Otter Divinations. 
For more tools to uplevel your metaphysical game, get your questions answered, and connect with me live at the next new or full moon, please consider joining my Lunar Manifestations co-creation tribe now by heading to the link in the show notes, or go to goldenotter.us and click the join now button. 10 to 50% of the proceeds from all members' plans sold go directly to supporting community buildings in rural Africa to address global inequalities so that you can be the change you wish to see in the world through your purchasing power. You can also get a digital copy of any rituals we discuss by clicking the shop link in the show notes or heading over to our Golden Otter Divinations YouTube channel where I share practical ways to incorporate these metaphysical tips and tools into your everyday life. You can also message me on Instagram for more information. Lastly, if this moon thing's not for you, but you want to connect with me in real time, you can schedule a private one-to-one validation session by heading to the book now link in the show notes. It's always my honor connecting with you in this sacred co-creation space. In gratitude, Autumn.